Johnny played golf this morning, and I feel like this was him. His testicle sack is now so large, he has to wear a huge hoodie upside down instead of trousers. Right. <laughs> so, the first, like, four times I played that, I missed the first few words, which I think is testicle sack. <laughs> so I was like, is this just, is he just making fun of this guy? Like, what's, what's funny here? Um, no, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not that good. Wish I was. You said you were looking to up your golf game. If anyone listening is a specialist golf strength coach, then yeah, get in touch. Right. Um, that, that that might open the floodgates. Maybe hundreds of them will. It might will come up. Yeah, actually, the person who I so I have a golf coach, and one of his like the person who works in the same business as him does like a think of it like a functional movement screen, but for golf. Um, and I text him, turns out this person's applied for appropriate business in the past, which was a bit, a bit of a weird exchange. I've actually spoken to him on the phone before, but I went and had like a movement screen where they basically look for deficiencies in how he move. And frustratingly, I scored really well. So I was kind of hoping <laughs> that, oh, it'll ju it's just mobility work. Like that's what's holding yeah, me Yeah. There'd be loads of low hanging fruit to just mm. fix. Yeah. Or like, so part of my part of the stuff I've come across in this expl exploration to improve my golf game is the work, this world of like golf fitness. That's a lot more popular these days. And I think you sent me a guy recently who was doing sort of strength work, like specific strength work with cables and bands and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Very, very hard for me to know whether it's, whether it's all smoke and mirrors or if it's legit. I think to be honest, like I'm still unsure. So there's a sort of a, a section of golf called long drive, which is, as you might imagine, guys hitting the ball with a driver as far as they can hit it. And you would, like, if I said to you, like, think about what that person, the person who wins that might look like, you start to imagine like a, a strong man or a bodybuilder or, or someone of that sort of physique. But the guy who won it, the guy who won it this year, to be fair, is a pretty big guy, but the guy who won it like last year and is the normal winner, I think I've seen him squatting like 80 kilos or a hundred kilos for reps. He just maxed so, out his technique. Well, but it's this whole like speed versus strength thing, you know? So mm -hmm. there's like the neuromuscular side of it of like how much speed can you generate? And then what is, is that separate to if I, I don't know, ask him to move a, a progressively heavier golf club, would he run into a limit? <laughs> but if we he, he and I both swing the same weight of golf club as fast as we can, he can generate more speed than me. So I don't, I don't really know how much of this is BS and how much of it's legit, but it's certainly there's a whole industry around it these days. This is kind of the Goodhart's law thing as well, isn't it? That where if the probably heard me talk about this of like when when the metric becomes the target, mm. it ceases to become an adequate metric. So mm. if you said like right. I'm just going to increase my squat and keep doing that until I jump really high. You could end up with a 320 kilo squat and being really overweight and not very good at yeah. jumping. Yeah. Whereas if we probably look at the highest jumpers in the world and see what their squat numbers kind of cluster at and say, okay, maybe beyond that point is diminishing returns or negative returns. But up until that point, it might be helpful. Or is there a third factor that, you know, are they squatting that much because they can jump so high? 
I think you're, I think as it, when it comes to golf, I think you're exactly, I think you're Bob on. That's sort of my, what I've arrived at, that like, what is strength the limiting factor for me and my ability to play? Almost I'd be so surprised not. if it was. Yeah. So it's, it, and it might also be like club head speed, like how fast I can swing the club. But again, I don't think that's the thing. So there's something called, I don't want to get too detailed into golf here, but there's something called strokes gained analysis, which is where they'll plot your golf game. Sounds like a good night in. (laughs) 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 They'll They'll plot your golf game against like a professional. And so you might have strokes gained in terms of, um, how far you hit the ball. So you might hit the ball further than a pro, but then their ability to then hit the next shot closer to the pin and putting might be the thing that makes them a professional golfer. So how strong you are is just one factor. Um, but it's one of those, it's like with anything, and I'm sure you've gone through this with with gymnastics, that like there's this thread where you're like, oh, if only it was just that. Like if only I could just do, change my training and that would improve my golf then like that would fix it all. Like I'm sure you've, I imagine gymnastics is a similar level of complexity. To yeah. I mean, in trying to learn flares at the minute, I went down a rabbit hole of thinking it was all to do with my active hip flexion. So I'm spending ages sat in a pancake trying to like lift my feet up straight next to me. Very hard, very crampy, very unpleasant thing to train. Slow progress curve. And I don't think it's done much. So is it not that? dead end it probably would improve if i was to take it from like what it is currently to like significantly better but i don't know how possible that is do you think with this stuff because i can remember with fitness with like strength training when both of us were convinced that like it was some finer point of bench press squat or deadlift that was the thing that was holding us back but actually it was just like another three years of training yeah do you ever think that's just the answer in mo- in almost all cases? Well, it's it's always where are you on the spectrum between know what reps to do and do mm. the reps. And you don't really want to be in either of the wrong rabbit hole, do you? Like spending ages looking for the right reps or spending ages doing the wrong reps. Which is why I hired a golf coach. Yeah, wise move. I just I just don't see any other route. Because that's something where you can feel, I suppose it's a little bit different because you swing in a certain way and the ball does something and you're like, was that what I wanted or not? (laughs) But you can still be drilling. There's the the biggest gap than compared to anything else I've tried versus of like how something feels in terms of what I'm doing versus watching a video back and what I'm actually doing. So I might feel like my arm's way over here, but actually it's around the back of me. It's (laughs) so strange. And so like, and I'm sure this is, again, I'm sure it's the same in gymnastics. Like you'll do something and you're like, Oh, I was really exaggerated in that position. Uh, is that right? Does that happen? Very much, much yeah. more so than lifting. Cause with, with lifting, like you, you know, the movements are quite simple. It's not very often that you see a video of yourself lifting and you go, Whoa, I had no idea I was doing that. <laughs> Going but, like this mid squat. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, certainly with gymnastics, like this, it's so multi-joint and stuff. And you pick up on bad habits that you wouldn't have seen mm. yourself or in a mirror. And and maybe that you don't even know, especially when you're starting out, that you don't even know is, is a problem unless someone with a lot of experience in that realm looks at it and goes, oh, this knee's in the wrong place or such a long yeah. frustrating. So just get a bloody coach. God's sake. Just get a coach. God's yeah. sake. 
the speaking of which the resistance to getting a coach has just been completely attritioned away over the years and now like if i'm running into a problem in any domain in my life i'm just immediately like oh, just get a coach because i haven't got the time to try and figure it out myself is there any area where you're like considering a coach but haven't got one yet or is there any coach or any like product or program or something that you're like i quite like that but mm. actually i considered self-mastered which is a it's more of a holistic personal performance program by a guy called leon castillo but the reason i didn't go for it was just dedicating the time to it because at the moment johnny and i are deep into two masterminds or two yeah. online programs that require a lot of time and and work and i just felt like we wouldn't do justice to add a third one yeah like i think the, the thing that i always think that about is like should we have gone for the really really expensive version that involves lots of like in-person meetups or traveling places the, the 40 grand a year one yeah so both of them have versions of the of what we bought that's the year year long commitment. Super they fly you over to Bali and you you spend a month with the team and mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's always the case. I mean the the programs we're doing right now, like they're definitely addressing a problem that we're facing, but they would need six to twelve months of deep work to get up and running successfully. So yeah, and but I suppose both of them teach, as with most of these programs, they teach like something that you have to learn to do and then do for a year. And then and then you'll have questions where you're like, I could really do with the help somehow like someone to look at this if that's okay. But to get to get to that level is so much work. But yeah. So one of so. the common questions that we often get from particularly from people that we speak to who are interested in joining the Propane Business Program, which is our walkthrough of getting your funnel set up, essentially running a Facebook ad to your landing page to a 14-day challenge and then delivering a six-week group online program with a recurring back-end model that builds your, your kind of long-term profitability. Mm. Very sexy, very, um, very concisely... <laughs> But very concisely expressed rather than like seven figure fit pro. <laughs> um, but the difference well, is that the truth it, is boring, isn't it? Yeah. That's the thing. It's, it's not sexy, but it works. And it's, uh, but people who, who kind of apply to join that will often ask what are the hidden costs involved? Mm. So the ad costs, the software costs, anything else that is needed in terms of insurance and, um, licenses and all that stuff too. So I thought it was probably worth going through what are some of these costs involved in running an online coaching business. Let's just get to the bottom of it once and for all. That's what you're saying, isn't it? Essentially. Yeah. That's just right here, right now. That's finally enough. Is enough. <laughs> <clears throat> um, so I'll cover the ad side because that's a very common question. So people here, people have just come from another coach and all the coaches said to them is, Oh, just post more, just post more. You're not posting enough. You need to perfect the caption, post on Instagram. Don't run ads. Ads are for idiots. Ads are for losers. That's they've come from that world. They've watched our training and they're like, mm, yeah, it makes sense. But ads are really expensive. I don't want to run ads. The thing about that is once that you only think ads are expensive because you assume you're getting nothing back. 
you're assuming that you're seeing them as I spend money on Facebook or Instagram and then that money's gone and I get nothing back from it and what a waste. And a lot of people, when they've run an ad before, they've pressed boost post and they've given more exposure to a reel or a video or a post that has been done well. And all you have paid for in that instance is eyeballs reach onto something. When we're teaching ads in propane business, we're teaching ads to a post that you've designed specifically to link to a landing page, to capture contact information, to go through a funnel that we've already validated that then a percentage of people buy. So the way that it should work is you spend 100 quid, you get 40 to 60 leads opt-in, and then a percentage of those people will buy your program. And if you spend 100 quid and you make one sale, you've more than covered your costs, right? So imagine you spend 100 quid. So the first time we run ads, it's 10 pounds for 10 days, 100 pounds test. If you do well, you get a two, three pounds, something like that cost per lead. Then, and you make a sale, just one sale, which is within KPI. In fact, that's better than what we'd ideally expect. Um, is that right? Sorry, it's worse than what, we, what we'd ideally expect. Um, you've more than covered your costs. And so the process with this is, right, well, I'll take that that revenue and I'll reinvest that back in again. And I get more leads and make more sales and make more revenue. I'll reinvest that and I'll reinvest that. And the whole thing snowballs up. And because, as you have said, this 14-day challenge is feeding people who stay long-term with you. So they rebuild again and again and again. You might pay a hundred quid and get two clients, make some profit. But if those people stay for eight months at a hundred pounds a month, you spent a hundred quid, you made 1600 from those two people staying for eight months. So suddenly that changes your frame of reference of like ads are a cost. And yes, they are a cost. And I'm not saying you've got a, a mindset problem around that. They're definitely an expense, but they're an expense that's attached to an immediate attributable return on that investment unlike other things. And the, the way that Johnny teaches ads in the program is progressive. So we are not the kind of people who would say, oh, you need to just chuck 10 grand into ads and hope for the best. And because we, we don't want you to be taking big financial risks with this stuff. Like it might work, mm. but if it doesn't, then you've just spaffed 10 grand. So the goal is you, you run your challenge organically first, you validate that offer, you make sure that all the moving parts are working. And then when that when that's in place, that's when you say, okay, time to reinvest some of the profits into a test run of my next uh, ad budget for paid challenge. Then we're really te testing whether that works with cold audiences. And when we validated that, that's when we're like, right, now we can safely pull the lever because we know that putting cold audiences into the top of this funnel spits out clients reliably at the bottom. And then that's when you can turn up the dial and you can be as aggressive as you want to be, depending on your capacity for the next step in the business, which is how many clients can you take on? And that's a nice problem to have, but it's certainly a problem that if you have 50 new clients tomorrow and you haven't got the systems to, to hold them and to deliver to them, then you're going to get 50 unhappy clients. So then obviously the the problem shifts to the delivery side of the, of the business too. So that's ads. And that's why we can't give a specific answer because it's a progressive and variable set of expenses that you have in your business. But the goal is that by the time you're running them, you've validated the offer. So you know that it's going to be generating you money, hopefully on the front end, but certainly on the back end. And just one final additional point. The, our ideal is that, so it's, I, I kind of see it as like, green lights on each stage, right? So we want a green light on um, 
the challenge works, the offer works, the niche wants to buy it, the price works, great. And ideally we do that organically, i.e. people who you might have on social media, people who are sick of seeing, hey, book a call, book a call, book a call, people who you used to work with offline, friends, friends of friends, former colleagues, were like anything you can get for free, run down the street with, I'm doing a free challenge, dress naked, anything goes at that stage because the only time we'll ever say promote something organically. And then we move to ads. So we've got green light on the challenge, price, offer, niche. Now we want green lights on the ads, price, offer, niche, et cetera. But some people come to us and they're like, I'm sick of doing organic. I don't want to do organic. If you guys are going to make me do organic, I'm not interested. So we've adapted the ads process. If you just want to join and do ads for whatever reason, like you're, you can't post something on your Facebook because you're in a nine to five job and you don't want them to know, or you've done that, done organic to death and you don't want to do any more of it. Ads can work out the gate as well. It's the same process as so 10 pounds a day for 10 days. It's a slightly higher risk that it won't work, obviously, but we've adapted. There's an entire workflow, an entire process of what the changes to make if and if and when you join Propin Business and work with us. When there you book go. a call, what are you going to do once you finish listening to this podcast? So short answer for the test budget, 10 pounds a day for 10 days, mm. just to make sure that that whole thing's working. And we do everything that we can to make sure that that's not a, sunk cost that mm. that when you do that it does generate leads and clients and also yep. the the leads that you build if they don't buy they'll go onto your email list and they may end up buying in three months time or six months time yeah there are certain people in the buying process that you just can't force a sale with mm. and that's fine you know you, you you could have given them absolutely everything they needed but it's just not the right time and nothing you do on your side is ever going to change that but in six months, they might be like, oh, do you know what? Now's the time for me to sign up for a coach. I remember I did that challenge a while back. I've been getting their emails. Now it's the time for me. And the more people you have on your list, the more that's going to be an effect until you get this like constant drip through of old leads that are kind of bouncing back into your world again. And that's a really cool effect to have. That's why um, like delaying starting this stuff is such a kicker. Because like you start today, you launch a challenge today, you've already started, you've already pushed that boulder down the hill. Like it's going to reach its destination in the future. So in six months time, when the people who opted in today finally reach their chance to buy, you start reaping the rewards over and over and over again in the future. Yeah. There's so much compounding. I mean, Mm. people do it with fitness as well. Like, oh, I'm not going to start a program until January or until Monday or until I've got all the thing, all the birds lined up, whatever, but it's like, you're just missing out on the compound effect in a year's time. You'd wish you'd have started sooner. Um, yeah. So broadly, that's the first part of the answer to the question, how much does it cost outside of a sort of business coaching to, to run an online coaching business? So you've got the ads variable, hopefully immediate return. The other side of the costs are any running costs of a business, which if you're working from home, you're not paying rent or rates or anything, uh, but you will have to pay for liability insurance, which to begin with for us was around 300 pounds a year. Um, so we've, yeah. we've had clients get, get lower than that. It's just revenue based. So sure. we've so, had clients get it for cheaper. Yeah. It's and a lot of PT. If you're a personal trainer, you'll likely already have something like that in place as well. Yeah, you might need to just call your broker and make sure that um, the online side of your service offering is covered by the underwriter. Mm. So you've got that. You then have, if you have a website, web hosting is pretty cheap nowadays. There are, there's places that do it for 
almost free or like 20 pound a year or something, mm. then in terms of the actual software that you need to deliver your coaching, you need an email marketing system. We recommend active campaign and we have a propane exclusive discount that I can put in the link in the description for the podcast. Um, and we also would recommend some way to deliver your program. We're pretty agnostic towards the different tools that you need to deliver your coaching. And we've got videos and videos on like comparing all the different ones and seeing which one suits your use case best, but start free and move up as needed. So, um, personally, because we work with powerlifters and people who require a bit more kind of complex spreadsheeted formula type programming, the out the box solutions of things like PT distinction and fitter and my PT hub and stuff don't really work for us. And we'd prefer to have blank slate full ability to customize it. Mm. That might be different for you, depending on how qualitative your coaching is or how, how your programming works, or you might use something already. Fine. No need to ditch that. Just make sure that it's got the capacity to throw another 50 people in without either bumping you into an insane monthly cost for the software <laughs> Mm -hmm. and that it's not going to be so time costly that you're going to be spending 30, 40 hours a week, just tweaking the programming of each of your clients. But yeah, generally the delivery software and we, you know, if you have a look on our members area, we've got a bunch of them laid out with the pros and cons and stuff. So that's all for free. So just go on members.propanefitness.com for that. But that should cost you between zero and $50 per month especially starting out, you shouldn't need to be paying more than that. So in total, we've got hosting, insurance, ads, software. Monthly, that's all in probably about 100 to 150 pounds per month. And that's including, is that including ads in that? Including ads, yeah. yeah. Um, all of these things should be generating you money on the back end. So they're not really costs because they're more investments because your delivery program is going to contribute to how long people stay with you on the program for and therefore your retention and your monthly rebuild rate. So you'll get the money back for that. Even one client pays for the, the, mm -hmm. the member software. Email automation software, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The general rule of thumb is that you should be getting one pound per email subscriber per month. And so if you have a list of 5,000 people and they're active leads, that will be generating you roughly 5,000 pounds a month. Uh, I spoke to someone the other day who had an old list of 5,000 inactive, dusty leads that <laughs> he hadn't messaged in a while. And for that, you're probably better off rather than paying for the costs of that is to look at who are the most engaged ones last time you used that list and only importing them. Yeah. A lot of people like to have a big email list or a big following because of vanity, but it's actually not good for you long-term because that harms your engagement. It's better to be relevant to a smaller number of people and convert higher. And a lot of platforms charge you for contact. They charge you on a contact basis. So the more people you have in your system, the more they, they will charge you to have them in that system. And unless they're bringing you a return on investment, there's no point, basically. Um, but yeah, the, I suppose the two principles are you can start for free. And I think there is, there is absolutely a way you can build everything that we teach using free tools. The free tools exist. Um, you can then, but I suppose with that comes probably some frustration with it. Like, are they as good as the paid tools? No. Um, 
Don't You're right. I should say actually like that, that outline of the software that I mentioned is really the best practice, but yeah, you can certainly, you can do all parts of that for free. The only thing that you, you actually need, and even then, like it depends how willing you are to be sued and pay damages <laughs> and stuff. But, um, the only thing that you really should do is the liability insurance. Yeah. We, we recommend the insurance thing just as standard. Cause I think it's, it's just sensible. Um, I don't think that's money that's worth like trying to save. Because if you get sued, like you never look back and go, God damn, what an idiot I was for getting that insurance. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they software basically exists on a spectrum of, of free and super expensive for pretty much anything you want to do. Super expensive, you can very quickly go down a rabbit hole and buy things you don't need. There's often something that is on the cheap end that does the job for you. And I think the view you have to take with software is, I am buying this for this reason. So I'm signing up for this bit of software to achieve this thing in the business because I think the bit there's a business need for it. And a lot of the times those reasons will become obvious as your business grows. So as you have saying, you, you get 20 clients, right? Well, I need some sort of way to deliver my program to them. I need a way to maximize my attention. It makes sense to invest some money in buying some good software for that, for example. Yeah. There's a, there's a trade-off between time and money always in, in most decisions, but particularly with software choices that you can do everything on the cheap. And we've met people that are on both ends of the, of the spectrum. Mm. Some people that will try and you, you see their setup and you're like, God, how have you managed to do this for free? And it's because they've managed to like Jimmy rig all the free trials of all the different yeah. software and, and like Zapier and connecting all the, and it's like, just pay the $10 a month and make that process smoother. Um, so they're trying to do everything on the, on, on the cheap. You've also got people who will just be so loose with buying software and kit and gear and monthly subscriptions that they don't end up using. And it's just bloated because they're like, I mean, in a way, fair play to them. Cause they're like, oh, I've got to invest in my business. And like, well, yeah, you do. But as Johnny says, like have a reason to mm -hmm. make each purchase. Cause it's not just the financial cost. It's also the kind of bloat cost of your business overall. Yeah. Because of this, like, I think I can't remember what it was the last time. Our like software bill for everything all in is about a grand a month, something like that. And that's us getting everything we need. That's we've got like a, the tools required to run a business of this size. We could probably spend less, but as soon, we're at the point where you spend less. Suddenly that process that one of us does, or one of the team does now has to be done manually or something has to be added manually. So actually we're very aware of that time money trade-off all the time with these things that we're running. Um, but the, what was I going to say? God damn it. Bloat. Bloat. I've remembered. Um, we initially, when we first launched Propane, used Word, oh, I think God, Excel, yeah. and email. And so the thing I'm always really conscious of with this conversation is that I think, and we even have this with some clients sometimes, where it's really easy to like, watch Yusuf's Notion video, get really excited about it. Watch Yusuf's software video, both of which are excellent, by the way. You should go watch them if you haven't. Get really excited about all that stuff and spend weeks setting all that stuff up. With no, with clients. no clients. Yeah. You, you, you watch the video and miss the, the first four minutes warning you <laughs> exclusively not to, not to do that. that problem. Because, yeah, we, we used to email an Excel file back and forth between... <sighs> clients and if we had the wrong the one that wasn't up to date it would miss a week of the macros and now that's obviously trying to do everything on the cheap and back when we started that kind of 
there wasn't really collaboration syncing document software that existed. Like when Google Docs became a thing, we were, you know, that became a huge quality of life upgrade for us. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were using Dropbox. So I had a Dropbox. I used to have a Dropbox file for every client. This was the, oh, the upgrade from this initially. So we were emailing a spreadsheet back and forth and you'd realize you like write someone's new program in a tab and then you'd realize that you'd opened the email they'd sent two weeks ago and updated the wrong version of the spreadsheet. So you had to put the port there. But all of that is to say that the business was still generating an income. And, and to be honest, like the business at that stage was generating, generating an income that if it had just been one of us and there was no costs, it would have been a full-time living for somebody if they'd want it, if we'd wanted it to be. So the evidence there is that you don't need any of these things. Like we have, we still have insurance by the way, but you don't need any of these things to, to, to get people to pay you and work with you. And we were also getting great results with those people. So your skills as a coach and your ability to market and sell your service are never going to be fixed by the app you have or the software you're using or how much you're spending on a very, on various subscriptions. Like those things are, are skills and abilities that you need to ultimately learn and, and train over time. And that's, what's going to build the business. Maybe the decision framework you can use of, should I get this bit of software or get this subscription or whatever is what would happen if I didn't have it? So mm -hmm. what's the, what's the cost of me not getting this? So Usually if it's a software, it would be, well, this process would be manual and it would cost me one hour per week to manually look up this number in the spreadsheet and type it in and whatever. Or it could be, well, I get sued for 10 million pounds and I don't have any legal cover insurance or something like that. So, so then you, you, you end up kind of reverse engineering it that way by saying, if it didn't exist, what would happen? Okay. I can justify having it. Um, someone talked about this in terms of the, like the inversion principle of running a nightclub event. So rather than thinking like, Oh, okay, I'm going to run an amazing nightclub event. It's going to have smoke machines and we'll have bass hunter as the DJ and it'll have like a big strobe on the top and with loads of sexy ladies like doing that. And, and, and actually that's not making a successful club night because you've not covered for the, the foundations, the basics. So instead, if you go, right, what would make a really terrible club night? Well, if there was a fire, if there was used needles on the floor and people were getting HIV and tetanus, if that, you know, so like, how do you then stop those things happening? Mm. And then as a result, the emergent thing is that you end up with an acceptable club night and then you can add the cherry on top later on. So I guess apply that to an online fitness business. Like what's the worst online fitness business? So it's one with high expenses and no revenue. Cause that's going to fail pretty quickly. So that's a business with loads of, loads of software and no customers beyond that. It's, it's a business with customers who are getting terrible results and leaving. So a business that has customers that are getting good results is going to be better than a business that doesn't have those things, but thousands of pieces of software or, or whatever. So the fundamentals are, am I getting leads and clients? Are those clients getting results and are they happy? And if you want to add things around that, you can it's a progressive thing. So hopefully that is put to bed. The age old question. <laughs> Finally settled it once and for Finally all. Finally done it. If you want to chat to us, if those costs sound okay, that's reasonable. And that's the kind of model that I'm looking to build. Then you can always send us an email. We have special slots that we reserve just for people that make it 
all the way to minute 33 mm. of the podcast. So send us an email, seats. admin at propanefitness.com. Just put propane business podcast or, or podcast in the title, and we will send you a very special link that Johnny's made. It's interesting, you know, because we, I used to say that on the, at the end of every podcast when I was walking to the coffee shop and we used to, those, those emails used to come in a lot. And I think we haven't done it for a while. And the podcast is people have opted in through various other means. As soon as we've started mentioning it again, VIP queues full. It's crazy. Thing. You don't want to miss out Our on the VIP email marketing. <laughs> I'll speak to you all on a, on a VIP call when you uh, send us an email or I'll, or I'll speak to you in the next episode.